Good Lock afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome to Inside the Huddle. I am your host, Sammy Jacobs. Our co-host, TJ Inman, will be calling in soon. We have a great show lined up for you as we'll talk uh, some IU football. Um, none of the off-the-field stuff. It's all on the field. Uh, player previews, what we expect, some questions we have going into it. Uh, we'll also have Nick Holmes from Hoosier Huddle coming in uh, to talk football. And um, so right now, TJ is joining us. TJ, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Sammy. How are you? You know, I, I, I'm okay. Uh, I'm ready to talk some football after last night's disappointing uh, basketball performance. Uh, it seems that the postseason is uh, slipping away once again and that the uh, the Hoosier fan base, basketball fan base, is divided on uh, this Tom Crean regime? Uh, divided, I think, is uh, starting to quickly head towards a unified uh, Tom Crean out movement. Um, I, that is, I'm not, that uh, is true. I'm not one for calling, yeah, I'm not one for, for calling for people's, people's heads, but... Uh, it's certainly not the basketball program that uh, I would like to say that IU should be. Uh, if this were a IU basketball podcast, I, I think that I would spend quite a bit of time uh, lamenting where the program is right now. But um, days are ahead if certain decisions are made, and we'll we'll leave it at that and look forward to uh, look forward to spring football here. I'm like, excited to talk about. Uh, I didn't talk about the topics that we have lined up today. I think it's going to be a good show. Yeah, it should be a great show. Uh, you know, it's always nice to talk spring football, even if there's, you know, six, seven, eight inches of snow on the ground uh, with some more in the forecast tonight. Uh, right now, I want to talk about, you know, it's, it's, what, what do we expect out of spring practice? There are a lot of question marks for IU coming in. Uh, one of them is the running back position, which is, I'll call it a half a question mark. You have to expect that the uh, UAB transfer, Jordan Howard, uh, will win the starting spot, but IU loses two key uh, components of that rushing game in Tevin Coleman, who declared for the NFL draft, and back up D'Angelo Roberts, who ran the ball very well last year, but has graduated and moved on to the next phase of his life. Um, so what do you expect to see out of this? Uh, are they, the running game might not be the same. What, what do you think is, are we're going to see? Sure. Um, I think obviously losing a player like Tevin Coleman is going to be a blow for pretty much any program's running game. Um, but the exception of, you know, those top, top programs that just have simply my lines and crank them out one after another, but Coleman was an exceptional player. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, they also lost a solid contributor, D'Angelo Roberts. He was a guy that filled a role and did so very adequately. Um, yeah, despite those losses, I'm not all that concerned about the running game. I don't think it's going to be one where you just don't miss a beat, but I do think it's still going to be uh, a running game that has several things in its favor. The first thing I look at is the offensive line. You know, the line is very deep. It's very experienced. They've uh, shown that they're a solid run-blocking line. You've got a lot of guys coming back. Plus, uh, I think the guys that uh, were redshirted last year that are going to 
that possibly earn a spot uh, are guys that should be good run blockers as well, players like DeAndre Heron, Tim Gardner, uh, maybe a Wes Martin, guys that I think could factor in. So I, I think the offensive line's a good building block for running game, and IU's should be good once again. Uh, as you mentioned, Jordan Howard, a big addition. He should be the starter. Um, you know, he was seventh in the country last year, over 1,500 yards at UAB, and that's a place where the opposing defenses focused on Jordan Howard. They knew he was getting the ball and a lot of times couldn't do much to stop him. Um, so I think his addition right. was a really, really big one. I'd have more concerns about it otherwise, but the big questions for me in the spring are going to be who takes that number two spot? Because I think, as you said, uh, the starting job is going to be Jordan Howard's, but is it Divine Redding or is it Tommy Mister that can step up and be that D'Angelo Roberts um, and maybe even get a few more carries than what Roberts saw uh, if if Jordan Howard doesn't get quite as much of the share as Tevin Coleman did. Um, I don't know who's going to win that job, but I think it's going to be Divine Redding. I really liked what I saw out of him last year in his uh, in his limited carries. You know, Mr. Drew comparisons to Tevin Coleman and running style and, and body build. I know the coach is really high on him before his uh, for his knee injury. If he can come back uh, at 100, uh, percent you know, I think he could be kind of that change of pace guy that we see that possibly keeps Devontae Williams from being used this season. Uh, he's an incoming freshman that I know that we are both very high on him. Uh, Nick is as well. Redding, really a, a bruiser. Um, I think he's a really good in-between-the-tackles runner is what we saw last year. So he could be kind of the short yardage back, which is pretty similar to what we have with Howard, I think. You know, we don't know a ton about him, but what, what we've read is that he's a, a physical runner that um, should be able to get those tough yards. So you've got that with him and Redding. So maybe Mister's kind of that change of pace back. But I think the biggest thing in the spring will be uh, what does Jordan Howard look like and then who gets that number two spot heading into full camp. Right, and before we move on to the next question, and Nick is on hold with us and he'll join us after this as well. Um, I just want to say the, the running game is going to look so much different. Uh, we got very spoiled with Tevin Coleman and Tevin Coleman's long runs every game. Uh, Jordan Howard isn't that guy who's going to break 40, 50, 60 yard game, uh, runs every week. It'll be more of a 10, 15, 20 yard running back and, and chunk yards at a time. So, you know, the expectations can't be be that he's going to run for 2,000 yards because that was a historic once every two decades performance by Tevin Coleman. And I, I'm sorry if you missed out on it, but it was a real special, special performance. All right, we're going to bring Nick in here. Uh, Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, guys, I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing pretty well. We're happy to be talking uh, football today uh, instead of some basketball. So, um, Nick, our next question, uh, we covered the running backs. Our next question is going to cover probably the biggest question of the spring, uh, is what are we going to see or expect to see from Nate Sudfeld? Uh, Sudfeld went down last year in IU's sixth game against I, uh, against Iowa. 
He had a separated shoulder that required surgery. It was on his left shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, Wilson has said he'll be limited in the spring, but he can make all the throws. It's, if the snap is up and to his left, he's probably not going to go leaping for it. Uh, what should IU fans expect to see out of Nate Sudfeld in the spring? Well, you know, I think a lot of what we saw last year, um, he suffered from the loss of his uh, big-bodied receivers. And even before the injury, the passing game never really got got on track like it had in years past under Wilson. I think there was only one game in the first six in which he threw for over 300 yards. Um, but at the same time, you had Tevin Coleman running amok, so the emphasis on the pass game wasn't quite what it was. I think more than anything, what we need to see, though, from from Nate and the group of um, fairly young wide receivers is just better timing. Um, last year it seemed like maybe they just weren't on the same page whenever they, they ran their routes. They might run them a little deeper, a little shorter. So that's really the biggest thing I'd like to see is just a, be- a bigger and better rapport between the receivers and Sudfeld. Yeah, uh, that it really looked odd early on. He threw for 111 yards against Indiana State, the opener. It just did not look sharp. Um, and, yeah, it takes a little bit of time to uh, get to know those receivers and, and get a, a repertoire with them. And I use offense as a lot of timing. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If your timing is off by a millisecond, the whole thing is going to fall apart. Um, he did play really well. He had his best game, I think, at uh, Bowling Green. Uh, statistically, wise, uh, st- statistically wise, I thought he was really impressive against Missouri, a team that had gone 45 straight games uh, with the turnover. IU didn't turn the ball over. He uh, managed the game well. He made some big throws. He had a nice long throw to Stoner to start the game. Uh, he hit uh, Jay Sean Harris for a touchdown there. I think once you get these guys, they, these young receivers are, aside from a couple of them, are in for their first spring. If he could get timing down with them, uh, he'll look a lot sharper uh, going into the fall. Yeah, that, that's kind of my expectation too. Like you said, this is the first. This will be the first spring for uh, Cray Kill, who we didn't see on the field last year. Simi Cobbs, who is a converted basketball player who played football in high school, but He's kind of in that DeMarlo, Belcher, James Hardy mix where he's an athlete first, and now he's really learning the game. Jay Sean Harris, who I think everyone is seems to be really high on. I know he got compared to Shane Wynn a lot as he uh, entered the team this last year. And then another a wild card is, um, well, Isaac Griffith. We didn't, we didn't get to see him in the spring game last year because of his unfortunate accident down in Florida during spring break. So maybe – Maybe this will be kind of like his real first spring practice, too, and maybe he can get up to speed and contribute a little bit more than he did last year. I think he only saw action in two games. So it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of shakes out, especially with this really talented group of wide receivers in the 2015 class coming in. Uh, TJ, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think uh, we shouldn't expect, like you said, we're not going to see a whole lot from Nate Sudfeld throwing-wise um, in this, this spring practices because of the shoulder injury. I know that they're going to limit him, make sure he's 100%, make sure he doesn't get banged up at all. 
Um, but the timing is the biggest thing. You guys mentioned it. It never looked right last year. Um, uh, in my opinion, I think Shane Wynn was played out of position uh, at the, the first, really the first half of the season, which is when Sudfeld would have been with him. I don't think him being outside really ever worked out. Um, and then I think the size of the receivers was an issue. But, yeah, the biggest thing was the timing, and it was never really where it needed to be. So the biggest thing for the spring practices, and it might not be a real visible thing to us as fans, um, but these guys getting time to work with each other, and it's very important that the receivers and the quarterbacks take full advantage of this because it's going to lay the foundation for the rest of this off season. And these guys, the receivers, which we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, they better step up because if they don't, there is a lot of talent coming in right behind them. This is going to be their one chance to get a foot up on the competition for playing time next season. And if they don't take advantage of it, uh, these receivers that are behind them, the guys like Thornton and Westbrook and James and Camion Patrick, they will pass them up in an instant if the returning players uh, Dominic Booth, Simi Cobbs, Jason Harris, yeah, Corey Keel, guys that did not, with the exception of Keel, guys that didn't produce the way they need to last year, uh, if they don't take advantage of this time that they have with the quarterbacks, I don't think they're going to see the field all that much uh, this coming season. Yeah, and it's a nice segue to the um, to the wide receivers uh, and you know, there are a lot of young wide receivers who are got some talent there. And we all know that uh, Kevin Wilson loves to play multiple wide receivers. He'll run six, seven guys out there in a game. Uh, who steps up besides, you know, there's Dominic Boosin for second spring. Uh, Jay Sean Harris is, is back uh, for a sophomore season. Uh, who, who steps up in this uh, in, in this wide receiver core? Well, well, uh, I think I think Jason Harris is going to earn the starting slot receiver role. Uh, I liked what I saw out of him when he was able to play in the slot. Um, he did like the other guys. He had some issues with some drops, but I thought his were a little bit less than Simi Cobb's, especially. Um, so I think Harris will end up earning that starting slot role. Uh, outside of that. Yeah, Marky Hawkins is kind of the big question for me. He'll be in the spring. Uh, we have no clue what to expect of him because it's been a long time since anybody really saw him on the field. He was at Florida uh, and then at UAB, and we know that he was highly regarded as a, as a prospect coming out of high school, but and we know he has size, which is, which is great. It's something that this incoming class has a ton of, and that's good. But... Uh, as far as production on the field, we have really no clue what to expect. So I think it'll be interesting to see how Hawkins does in the spring. Uh, I, I don't know if he'll step up. I, I, I think that Camion Patrick will when he gets in. Uh, I, he's got that experience that you like coming from the junior college level where he put up big numbers and was consistent. So I'm expecting Harris to step up. Uh, I think the Simi Cobb is going to have some good development, too. Uh, Dominique Booth is a guy that I expected more out of. I don't think that he really produced the way you were hoping. 
but uh, Harris is the first guy that I look at and say, yeah, he's going to be a consistent player for the end of the coming season, and I think we'll see that start to manifest itself in the spring. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, TJ or Nick, uh, go ahead and, and and talk a little bit more about some of these guys coming in. No, uh, TJ's thinking's right in line with mine, actually, as I'm as I was writing my article about the, the wide receiver battle that's going to be out on uh, Hoosier Huddle in the next couple of days, Jason Harris was by far the, the easiest to pencil into a starting spot um, just because of production, um, the experience that they, that he got this last year. The I think it was the first six games he had 14 receptions, and then the injury to Sudfeld happened, and then he only had four grabs the rest of the year. So, I mean, you can kind of – say, all right, well, if Nate would have been here the whole year, he he probably would have at least gotten 25 to 30 grabs, which is pretty decent for a true freshman, especially when you look at Shane Wynn's first year, and he only had about 19 grabs, I believe. So he's pretty on par with Shane Wynn as far as production, size, playmaking ability. So I agree, he's the easiest one to pencil in. As far as Marky Hawkins, like you said, TJ, really no clue what to expect from him. Um Obviously, he's talented, athletic, or he wouldn't have gotten all the litany of offers that he did. Um, I guess the wild card more than anything is Corey Keel. I mean, he also had a really good offer list out of high school with Illinois and Kansas State, Minnesota. So I'd like to see what he's he's capable of doing. But as far as Booth and Cobbs go, they just need to, I guess, hit the Judd's machine a little bit and uh, work on the route running and you know, I think the sky's the limit for both of them, so they can be as good as they want to be. Yeah, I think, it's, I think we, it's a real. Go ahead. Go ahead, TJ. Well, I think we can all agree that uh, there's a lot of talent, both returning on this roster um, and being added to it. You know, we've, we've spoken about uh, Kimion Patrick, Nick Westbrook, Leon Thornton. We've talked about the guys coming off a red shirt. Uh, and we've talked about the returning guys and the transfers. So I think we can all agree there's a lot of talent at this position. But the bottom line is that the receivers need a healthy Nate Sudfeld, and Nate Sudfeld needs consistent wide receivers that are not going to drop the ball at inopportune times. That is the one thing that receivers cannot do is drop the ball. Uh, if, you're, if you drop the passes, the quarterback loses trust in you, uh, you're going to lose confidence in yourself, and it hurts your team at usually for IU. Unfortunately, it was in third down situations where it was ending drives. So uh, the receivers have to step up because without consistent wide receiver production, IU is not going to get to the place that it wants to be, which is a bowl game. Yeah, I, I agree with your sentiments there, TJ. And what's nice about how the schedule sets up is that you you have Southern Illinois first, and instead of having a bye week this year, they play Florida International uh, next. And, and it these are the games where IU's going to be favored to win and win big and can play all these young guys or should be able to play all these young guys to come in and get game reps in in the stadium, on TV, against against an opponent, and not just in practice. I think what's kind of missing in all of this, too, is um, you guys are talking about 
Tevin Coleman's um, amazing season. And he did that with practically no threat of a passing game whatsoever. So if we can at yeah, least which makes get it more some, ridiculous. Yeah, if we can get some semblance of what we had in 2013, Jordan Howard, I mean, that would open up so many running lanes. Teams wouldn't be able to stack the box. That would make us even more dynamic, just the threat alone that we could go deep. Yeah, you're spot on, Nick. And that's just how special Tevin Coleman was in 2014 was that everybody on the planet knew that IU was going to run the ball. And still he ran for, you know, he averaged 183 yards or 180 yards a game. You're not going to see that performance again in a while. And if you do, enjoy it because it's something special. Uh, I want to move on to the other side of the ball right now, and it's been Indiana's bugaboo for the last two decades is the defense. Now, IU is now under year two of Brian Doerr's 3-4 defense. Um, it should be improved. They say this every year, though, is that oh, IU's defense is going to get better. Well, the question is, are they going to be better in year two? Personally, yeah, I, 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 I think, uh, well, yeah, familiarity should definitely breed improved results. Um, I really liked part of what I saw under Brian Knorr. Um I thought the tackling was a little bit better than we've seen in the past. I thought the aggressiveness from the play calling was good to see. Uh, there wasn't a lot of sitting back and just waiting for the opposition to pick you apart. I liked that they threw some blitzes in there. It was the you know, switch up to a 3-4, which a lot you know, for bandit linebackers. Um, the defense didn't perform as well as IU needed it to, but I, I thought with what you were dealing with expectation-wise, I thought they, they came pretty close to to exceeding expectations, albeit those were very low expectations. So um, there's no question the raw talent's improving. The, just the players that the defensive staff is working with are better than what they've had recently. Uh, plenty of experience does return. You know, IU lost Bobby Richardson on the line, uh, Flo Hard and David Cooper, and then you, know, you lose Tim Bennett, Michael Hunter, and Mark Murphy from the secondary. But uh, I like the depth of linebacker. We talked about the secondary before. Um, I think that there's talent at secondary. I think experience is going to be a big issue at corner. But, you know, Richard Fant and uh, there's not a whole lot else after him as, as far as experience goes. Uh, Donovan Clark got some minutes, but uh, I do think that there is enough talent that it's not a crisis situation. Uh, I really like the interior line that they've got. I know that Bobby Richardson's gone, but Ralph Green's a really good player. They've got a lot of guys after him. Nate Hoff, Darius Latham, uh, Sean Heffer, and Darius Rayner, maybe even a guy like Nick Caraviano. Um, that I think that that defensive line is going to be as stout as we've seen in a long time. And then Tegre Scales, I mean, he's got the tools to be one of the best defensive players that we've seen at IU. Uh, I think the defense is going to be better how much better uh, time will tell, but and, and we're not going to really know in the spring. Uh, but I, I think it's 
it's reasonable to expect for IU to climb at least out of the basement in the Big Ten in defense. And I, I think that a reasonable goal is for IU to get up to something like ninth or 10th in total defense in this conference. Yeah, I, you know, their aggressiveness played well. They, they It seemed to me they forced a lot more turnovers later in the season. Uh, you know, you saw it against Ohio State, Purdue, uh, Rutgers, there were a couple uh, turnovers. So that, that's always a good sign to me. They're now playing the ball instead of reacting. Um, and Nick, you have anything to add? No, I think everything's pretty much uh, well laid out. Um, it'd be nice to get to help out that young secondary is just to get some constant, uh, consistent pressure on the quarterback. It seems like a lot of times in years past, we just, you know, we're just unable to get back there and force them to get rid of the ball sooner. And I mean, I think it was against Michigan against, uh, was it Jeremy Gallon ran or caught for like over 200, 300 yards because Gardner had all day back there to sit and, and pick our defense apart. So hopefully that's one area where we see some improvement. Yeah, yeah it, who do you guys you know, think? Uh, who do you guys think could be a couple of uh, pass rushers that take a step forward for IU? Uh, Bobby Richardson gone. He was one of the one of the few that consistently provided that pressure. So, I, do you guys have anybody that jumps out as as a, a player or two that could step up and provide that pass rush we're looking for? Um, my the guy I I would keep a, an eye on. Uh, there's two of them. Uh, one is Ralph Green the third. He's the big guy in the middle. I think he's a tremendous player. Uh, while the defensive tackle usually doesn't uh, get to the quarterback that often, he could plug up the holes and free free up somebody else. Uh, the second guy is Nick Mangieri at the bandit position. Mm-hmm. I think he had a tremendous season last year. Uh, he made plays. He's six five. He's perfect for that position. And I think you know coming in for another year. Uh, into that defense, he'll be ready to go and, and become more of an impact in both, you know, creating turnovers and pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I definitely think uh, Mangieri would be a good option. I think there were a few times last year, if I recall, that him and um, Zach Shaw were both in the game together at the same time. Both play bandit normally, and Mangieri played with his hand on, a gr- on the ground in those instances. So I think it might be an option for him to actually fill in that position of uh, DN to provide some of that, that pass rush that we're lacking with the uh, graduation of Bobby Richardson. Right. All right, guys, uh, TJ and Nick, thank you for joining me today. Uh, always good to talk IU football, especially in March. Uh, we'll, we'll be back on the air next week, uh, same time. Uh, potentially uh, talking more about spring ball. We still have several positions to get to. Uh, There's position battles at corner. Uh, Backup quarterback is an important position, especially with the health of Nate Sudfeld. Um, Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sammy. We'll uh, we'll talk uh, next week. It's fun. Yeah, it sounds good. All right, you can follow Nick Holmes on Twitter. Uh, His handle is at HoosierHolmes. Uh, he writes for HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, go give him a follow. Uh, you'll enjoy his stuff. Uh, TJ Inman is also on Twitter. His handle is at TJ HoosierHuddle. Uh, he's a, a good follow uh, and writes terrific pieces. You can follow our site, Hoosier Huddle, at uh, our Twitter handle is at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we're also on Facebook. 
Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes now. Uh, you just search Inside the Huddle. It should pop up. And you know, thank you guys for, for joining us. And we, we love talking IU football. And we'll be back on next week. All right. Thank you.